And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the astonishing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, we'll open the creaking door to Inner Sanctum for a terror episode from 1952. But it's time now for Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The Music Edition. Lisa will play clips from popular songs and provide a statement about each song. My job is to guess if that statement is real or ridiculous while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? Right, Carl. But in this edition yeah. of Real or Ridiculous Music Edition... She changes things up. I know, you know right? It really messes kinda, you up. Do you, One little do you turn not like, you know, something that works? It's just working... You got to change it. I like to change it up. Jeez. Yeah, you like the mundane. I like, I like the excitement. Like <laughs> I like I enjoy grape nuts flakes, you know? Grape like nuts a, flakes? I like a grape nuts flakes. I like to eat grape nuts flakes. I like oatmeal. So I eat oatmeal in the morning a lot with eggs. I eat oatmeal, two eggs, some carrot juice. I take my vitamins. I like that. Don't change it up. I'm good with that. Why like are you even talking about? Why do you got to change stuff? <laughs> this up? has nothing it's to do working. with your breakfast. It's just working. so we're clear. This is real or ridiculous music edition. So why are you changing it? So on this edition, yes. we're celebrating fathers. Okay. So we're going to be talking about songs about fathers and their sons and daughters. I like that. Okay, so That's leave it? your mind open. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to change it all up and, and throw no. everyone off base and all I that wouldn't, kind of stuff. Well, you're easily thrown off base. This is true. But let's play the first song. All right. What? It's called Butterfly Kisses. Butterfly Kisses? Do you know what that is? Your eyelashes. Yes. Right? Did you do that with your children? I probably did. Okay, nice. So, butterfly name kisses. Of, are you not familiar with this song? No, never heard of this song. Wow. Well, it's gorgeous. Is it? So it's called Butterfly Kisses. It's written by Bob Carlyle from his album Butterfly Kisses, and was written for his daughter Brooke's 16th birthday, uh-huh. and released in 1997. Okay. Okay. Here's your statement. Right. Butterfly Kisses won the 1997 Grammy for Best Male Pop Vocal. Real or ridiculous? I'd have to say ridiculous. 
Okay, you are right. Ah? It is ridiculous. Yeah, the song because the song won, isn't that good. Oh, no, it won the Grammy for Best Country Song. Oh. But what won for Best Male Pop Vocal was Candle in the Wind by Elton John. Oh, wow, yeah, now that's it a did, great tune. It did win a Grammy. Well, yeah. It's a good song. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. It's not so great. I think it is. All right. Who are you? Not so great. Let's hear the next one. You have nothing sensitive in you at all. I'm not a sensitive person. Well, they're not going to like any of these. Okay. Here's the next one. It's not time to make. I love all of these songs. What is this song? Father and Son by Cat Stevens. Never heard it. What? Never. Everybody listening right now is yelling at you. No, I never heard it. So many of my listeners haven't heard this. Every one of your listeners knows this song. No. Okay, it's called Father and Son, written and performed by Cat Stevens on his 1970 album. Okay. Yeah. I am old. You don't know it. Never heard it. Gorgeous as well. All right. Is it? I think it is. Well, you're a sensitive person. Everybody likes this song. <laughs> okay. Everybody listening nah, likes I never this song. Heard it. All right, here's your statement. All right, I'm going to get this the right. The producers too. of the 2004 Real. movie The Notebook Real. wanted to use this song in the Real. film, but Cat Stevens wouldn't let them because the racy content of the movie clashed with his Muslim Real. beliefs. Real, it sounds real. Okay. It's ridiculous oh, because shoot. the movie was Moulin Rouge, not The Notebook. All right. All right. So you're 50 50 here. Right. Can we just listen to the song no. for a moment? Okay. Let's hear the next song. You like this one. Whoops. Oops. Wrong song. Whoops. Live radio. <laughs> that was Mike. That was Mike. I uh, completely goofed up here. Okay. Right. And I, Go to uh, the next one then. We don't wear this do you short have, segment. Do you anyway. have this song? Um. Yeah. Okay. I do. Let's hear it. Uh, here it is. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, uh. Um. Eric Clapton. This is Eric Clapton, Tears in Heaven, written yep. about the death of Eric Clapton's yep. four year old son yep. when he fell out of a 53rd floor apartment. Window. Yep. Ugh. I, Terrible right? tragedy. It certainly is. Yeah. Here's this is your a statement. Fabulous it's a song. gorgeous song. Yeah. It was featured on the soundtrack for the 1991 movie The Secret Garden. Real or ridiculous? I'll say real. I'm sorry, that That's, one was ridiculous. I, I said, I said, I, I would say real if I wasn't if you already were going saying to say ridiculous. It. Right. So I was it's saying ridiculous. It yeah. was not in the soundtrack of the Secret Garden. So sorry. All right. All right. You've Tricky. got one more to go. All right. Here's the last. Song. I gotta get this. I close my eyes. Begin to pray. This is a good song. This is. You know who's singing? Um. Can I give you a clue? It's called With Arms Wide Open. Right. And the group is? Um, I don't know. It's your favorite cologne. Creed? Creed. <laughs> oh, wow. It's Creed. Creed. Released in 2000. I really, I really and truly do love Creed cologne. It's my I know. favorite cologne. I know that. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So Scott Stapp, who is part of Creed, wrote the lyrics when he found out his wife was pregnant with his first child, Jagger. Creed performed the song live in 2000 on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Yeah. Yes, true, or real I'll or ridiculous. I'll say real. That is absolutely All right, real. got one. Two out of, you got Woo. two out of four. Thanks, Lisa. Great job, Carl. All right, more of Hollywood 360. We're going to tune into Inner Sanctum. Don't miss it. We'll be right back. We're still
More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. I love scary radio shows. I just love them. In fact, the very first scary, very first radio show I ever heard at age 12 was Suspense, and it hooked me on classic radio. And uh, another great one is Inner Sanctum, of course. Uh, Hyman Brown created this series, and there was that creaking dory, right? Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. It was the best. I mean, just the best. Put you in the mood, you know, you... You know, covers, you would you would pull the covers up close, turn your lights out, maybe have a candle on in your room. Our right? listeners can do that right yeah, now. Yeah, can do that right now. We can't because we're in the studio here. Um, uh, we're going to keep the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Hyman Brown used that same creaking door for his 1970s revival of original radio drama, CBS Radio Mystery Theater. People... So many people remember that show. E.G. Marshall was the host, and then Tammy Grimes. Um, but we have an Inner Sanctum broadcast for you now. August 24th, 1952. It's called No Rest for the Dead. Whoa, that sounds scary, just that alone. Mm-hmm. Paul McGrath is your host. Here's part one now of Inner Sanctum Mystery. Oh, oh, oh. And stop. Triple O. Inner Sanctum Mysteries, brought to you transcribed by High Potency Ends, America's most popular, truly effective chlorophyll tablets. Good evening, friends of the Creaking Door. This is your host inviting you into the inner sanctum once again. Come in. You're early tonight. The coroner hasn't arrived yet. But it's all right. The corpse is here. Yes, that's him over there in the corner. The slightly decapitated gentleman sitting with his head in his hands. <laughs> Friends, let's gather round and meet that grim reaper 
Mr. Macabre. No, 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 no. Don't try to run away. Lie perfectly still. If you race with Mr. Macabre, you're liable to end up in a dead heat. From the living room of a small house that has seen better days, a single light shines in the early evening. Inside, Grace Denning waits alone for her father to come home. Anxiously lighting one cigarette from the other, she paces the floor. Until at last, she hears his footsteps on the porch stairs. Father? Is that you, Father? Yes, dear. Now, are you worried about me? Well, you're never this late for dinner. I thought something might have happened to you. You weren't down at the river again, were you, Father? No, no. Well, where were you? Just downtown. I, I stopped off for a minute. Grace, why are you staring at me? Well, you look so strange, so frightened. Well, I should be frightened. You know what it's like to live without money week after week, waiting, hoping for a break that never comes. Well, don't worry, darling. Your luck will change. I'm not worried anymore. You got the loan? Yes. From the bank? No. From Dr. Tarleton. Dr. Tarleton? He wouldn't lend you any money. He wouldn't lift a finger to help you. Why not? He's an old friend of mine, isn't he? Well, I wouldn't call him a friend. Not after the way he's treated you all these years. He still hasn't forgiven you for taking Mother away from him. Don't be a fool. Well, he hasn't. He's still in love with her. He told me so at the funeral. Well, what difference does it make? I've got the money, haven't I? But how did you get it? I told you he lent it to me. Why did he lend you that money? Because I, I gave him something in return. What? I... I sold him my brain. What do you mean, Father? I willed it to him in return for the loan. Your brain? Yes. He said it would be of value to him in his experiments. He said the medical school was making a study of men with artistic talents. But you haven't painted for years. Well, Dr. Tarleton didn't really want my brain, Grace. Can't you see? It It was just an excuse to to torment me. Well, you're not going through with it. I won't let you. You'll have to, Grace. I've gotten the money. Then you'll give it back. I won't let you take it. Here, here. What are you doing? Holding him up to return that money. Put that phone down. Your father, let go. Drive you out of your mind if you accept this loan. Let me speak to him. Dr. Tarleton's office. Miss Henry speaking. Hello. Oh, Miss Henry. Is, is Dr. Tarleton there? Why... Who's calling, please? This is Miss Denning, George Denning's daughter. Would you ask the doctor to come to the phone, please? I'm afraid I can't, Miss Denning. Dr. Tarleton is dead. Miss Henry, I, I hope you don't mind my coming over here, I, asking you all these questions, but you see, Dr. Tarleton was an old friend of the family's, and... I, I'm rather anxious to know the circumstances. I understand, Miss Denning. Dr. Tarleton often spoke of you and your mother. Uh, when did he die, Miss Henry? This afternoon, about five o'clock. We can't be sure of the exact time. Nobody was with him when he died. Nobody? As far as we know. I was out of the office on an errand when it happened, and when I got back, he was dead. Well, what happened to him? I mean, it was all so sudden... Did he have a heart attack or something? Well, he was subject to dizzy spells, Miss Denning. He probably had one this afternoon. Oh, I see. But I'm not sure that's what caused the accident. 
accident? Yes, he fell against the instrument cabinet in his office and broke the glass. The edge of it cut an artery in his neck, and he died before anyone could reach him. How awful. Well, what makes you think it wasn't an accident? I don't know. I just have a feeling it might have been murder. Why? Was anybody with Dr. Tarleton when you left this afternoon? Yes, a man by the name of Macabre. Who? Mr. Macabre. I don't know his first name or anything about him, but the police are investigating him right now. And there wasn't anybody else this afternoon? Not that I know of. Are you sure? Didn't Dr. Tarleton have an appointment with a man who was interested in some sort of brain experiment? What's that? An elderly gentleman, tall, with gray hair and a long, thin face. Why, Miss Denning? That was Mr. Macabre. Where have you been, Grace? Oh, just out for a walk. Now, don't lie to me. Where have you been? Over to Dr. Tarleton's office. Yes. Yeah, well, what for? I told you not to meddle in my business. Tarleton's dead and my bargain with him is automatically cancelled. Is that the agreement you made with him, Father? My agreement with Dr. Tarleton doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't to me, Father. But it might to the police if they find a copy of that agreement. What are you driving at? Don't you think they'll find out Tarleton's death wasn't an accident? Good heavens, Grace, you don't think I killed him, do you? You don't think I murdered a man for the sake of a few hundred dollars? What did you do? You were in his office at five o'clock this afternoon, weren't you? Well, who told you that? What difference does it make? Miss Henry knows you were there. She told me all about it. I didn't speak to Miss Henry. Mr. McCobb did. Oh, for heaven's sakes, Father, don't you think the police will see through a trick like that? They're out looking for you right now. Well, confounded, Grace. I didn't kill Dr. Tarleton. And I never heard of Mr. McCobb. Now, let's not talk about him. All right, Father. You want to bluff it through? I can't stop you. Only I wish that you... Just a minute. I'll, I'll get that. No, no, let me. It, it may be the police. Hello? Hello, Miss Denning? Yes? I've got to see you right away. I have something to tell you about the murder of Dr. Tarleton. What, what do you mean? I can't talk to you over the phone, but if you'll come down to 54 Palmer Street right away, I'll, uh, I'll tell you all about it. But, come what? alone, Miss Denning. And come quickly. Just a moment. You haven't told me who you are. Oh, I'm sorry. The name is Mr. Macabre. All right, all right, I'm coming. Yes, what do you want? What? I'm, I'm Miss Denning. Weren't you expecting me? I never expect anybody around here, especially at this time of night. What did you ring the bell for? Well, I... I was supposed to meet somebody here. Are I... you sure you got the right address? This is the University Medical School. The autopsy lab. We're closed up for the night. That's strange. I was sure he said 54 Palmer Street. Who was this? One of the students? No. Um, a friend of mine. Well, it's a funny place to be meeting a friend of yours, but if he said he'd be here, well, maybe you better come in. Well, I... Come on, uh... I don't mind you waiting on the inside. Sure. Yeah, I'm always glad to have a little company around. A place like this kind of gets under your skin. What do you mean? 
Ain't you never been to a medical school before? No, I... Well, there ain't nothing to be afraid of, lady, but it's just like being in a morgue with them dead ones around, especially tonight. Why tonight? Didn't you read in the papers what happened? Didn't you see where that doctor got killed under mysterious circumstances? Dr. Tarleton? Yeah, that's the one. You... You knew Dr. Tarleton? Well, sure I knew him. He used to teach down here. Anatomy. Oh, I didn't know that. M maybe that's why I was told to come here. Because of Dr. Tarleton? You know something about his death? No. But the man I'm supposed to meet here does. Have you ever heard of a Mr. McCobb? McCobb? Are you waiting for Mr. McCobb? Yes. Do you know him? Who sent you here? He did. He called me up on the phone and told me he wanted to speak to me about Dr. Tarleton's death. Mr. McCobb said that? Yes. You better come with me, lady. But what's wrong? I didn't say there was anything wrong. I just want you to come with me. I gotta know if you're telling me the truth. Where are you taking me? Don't worry. It ain't far. Right in here. Come on. But stop pulling me, will you? Where are we? Where do you think? In the lab. But why did you bring me here? Didn't you say you had to see Mr. McCobb? Yes, but... Well, this is where he is. Right in that canvas bag. <gasps> it's a body. Of course it's a body. And they give them all names. The students, I mean. Oh, no. This one is Mr. McCobb. Oh, That's what I want to know. Who put you up to this? Who told you to come over here and tell me he was alive? Nobody. Don't lie to me. Every one of them students know I'm scared of Mr. McCobb. They've been playing tricks on me ever since I got Let here. Let me go. Not until I make sure he's in that bag. What are you doing? I'm opening it up. No. Look. It's not Mr. McCobb. What? It's Dr. Tarleton. Oh, man, this is a creepy one. I love Inner Sanctum. I love these scary radio shows. They're my favorite. I mean, I love the, de I love the detective shows, too, and, of course, westerns and comedy. But if I had to rate them, if I had to put them in uh, an order, Lisa, I would say the scary mystery ones I like the most. And uh, what about you? I'm going to go with the comedy. Comedies, yeah. I mean, a little well, Jack Benny, a little Groucho, yeah. a little... Lucille Ball, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, no, you're a girly girl. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and I mean Can't that, argue with that. I mean that in the, in, the, in the nicest way. I took it that way. I like the scary ones, and then I like the detective ones, and then probably westerns, and then comedies, and wow. sci-fi. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not a western gal, so no, I know. those are out Your dad likes the westerns. He does. Your dad, Mr. Matanke, likes yes, the westerns. Yes, he does. All right, we're listening to Inner Sanctum Mystery, No Rest for the Dead, August 24th, 1952. Uh, we'll get back to uh, this. The stars um, Everett Sloan, Leon Janney, and Barbara Weeks, produced by Hyman Brown. More coming your way. I'm still at 
If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. I just want to let everyone know First of all, thank you, because people have really been supporting the show tonight and uh, ordering these 60 half-hour classic radio shows on 30 CDs. Uh, 60 shows, 60 bucks. It's our manufacturing cost. Thank you, thank you, thank you, because you're helping me unload CDs that have been sitting on my shelves for a few years now. But I will tell you this. We've had an overwhelming response tonight so we probably won't get back to everybody so if you have called we will get back to you but it'll probably be over the weekend um, and we'll still get your order out by monday so um, if we don't get back to you it's not like we don't want to it's just crazy we've getting so many calls and we thank you thank you for that um I think we'll have enough CDs to fill all these orders and probably more that we'll have during the week. But we're really, um, it's going getting down to the bare, uh, bare bones now, Lisa. So these, uh, our listeners have been so supportive. Thank you so much. Um, once again, it is 60 half hour, amazing sounding classic radio shows on 30 CDs for $60 plus $10 shipping and handling. And they do come with very copious historical liner notes. And these are our classic radio club CDs. Every month, uh, we I order enough to fill our um, classic radio club membership orders. But I always order 25 or 30 more because I want to make sure I have enough. And then those extra ones go on my shelf. And I was looking at the shelf last week. I was like, look at all these CDs. I should just uh, make an offer to listeners to buy them at my cost. Also, these go back um, many years. So if you they just do. became a Classic Radio Club member, you probably missed some of the early yeah. editions. Yeah, that's true. And if you do get duplicate, if you're a Classic Radio Club member and you get duplicates, um, you could always give them away as gifts. Um, because the retail value of these, let me think, um, $40, it's about two, let's see. It's over. It's around three hundred dollars of the retail value for the sixty. Yeah, shows. for the sixty shows on sixty uh, on thirty CDs. Mm-hmm. So, real bargain, a dollar a show. That is what it cost me to manufacture them, and we'll be happy to send them out. The number to call eight one five nine hundred seven five three five eight one five nine hundred seven five three five. We'll try to take. Uh, your order tonight. If you don't get us, just leave your name and your phone number, and uh, someone will call you back. It'll either be Lisa or myself. We'll call you back over the weekend, and um, happy to take your order. 
and send out your CDs. We're listening to Inner Sanctum Mystery, No Rest for the Dead. This stars Everett Sloan, Leon Janney, and Barbara Weeks uh, with Paul McGrath as our host. This was sponsored by ENDS, E-N-N-D-S, and iGene. I don't think those are those products are around anymore. ENDS. What are ENDS? I think I they're like... <laughs> it sounds, it doesn't um, sound not good. good. <laughs> yeah. ENDS, sounds... E-N-N-D-S, and then iGene, which was probably some like, kind of like a... Like hygiene product? No, it was probably like a, um, you know, like um, for your eyes, you know, like to soothe your, you know... Is that what it was? Mark? Yes, it was. Yes. Hygiene. Hygiene. Oh, E Y E. E Y E. Oh, I didn't know that. Gotcha. But ends. What's that? I think that's like a. I think it's like depends. No, I think it's a chlorophyll. <laughs> I think ends is a, like some kind of a chlorophyll or something. I could be wrong, but I don't think those are around anymore. This is a 1952 broadcast. There's a former Carl on here, Carl Caruso, doing the announcing. And he spells it correctly with a C. Oh, there you no go. offense, Carl Shadow, who spells it with a K. Um, Carl Caruso doing the announcing. All right, let's get let's get back to this now. The conclusion to Inner Sanctum Mystery. Well, now that you've had a few moments to let your hair down, let's get back to our story and make it stand up again. Hmm? Let's see now, where were we? Oh, yes. In that lovely little dissecting room where the university goes to meet the student body. As I remember it, Grace Denning went there, too, with a night watchman to see a man about a corpse. But the corpse didn't keep his appointment. At the last moment, Mr. McCobb got cold feet and left Dr. Tarleton holding the bag. Are you... Sure it's Dr. Tarleton? Can't you see it is? I'm going to call the police. Now, wait a minute. You're not going to call anybody till you tell me why you came here. I told you. You I told can't... me a lie. You knew Dr. Tarleton was in this bag. You brought him here. Don't be a fool. Well, then who did? Who put you up to this? One of them students? No. They must have, or you wouldn't have told me that story about Mr. McCobb. Where is he? What have they done with him? Nothing. I... Please, I didn't have anything to do with it mean you're not playing a trick on me of course not and it's true it was mr macabre what he's the one who killed dr parton he's the one who put him in that bag what are you talking about you're insane insane am i you don't know about mr macabre you don't know where he came from what do you mean his body miss denning they brought it from the state penitentiary. He was a murderer. Stop it! Stop it! No, I can't stop it. Don't you understand? We've got to find him and bring him back before it happens again. Right. Ah, right, there's the phone. Hello? Hello. Is Miss Denning there, please? Aye. Uh, just a minute. It's for you, Miss Denning. That call? Yes, here, answer it. Oh, Hello? Hello, Miss Denning? Yes? Tell your father not to worry about the murder. Dr. Tarleton was killed by a woman. A woman who lives at Nine River Road. How do you know? Who is this? Don't you recognize my voice? I'm Mr. McCobb. 
That's the house, Father. Nine River Road. Grace, you're, you're not going in there. I've got to, Father. I've got to know who this woman is. Well, then, then I'm going with you. No, no, please. You stay here. It may be some sort of a trap to find out where you are. I, I'm better off alone. Well, careful, Grace. Please be careful. If this woman is a murderess... Don't worry, Father. Just stay in the car and I'll, I'll call you if I need you. Well, all right, dear. I'll, I'll be right here. Come in, Miss Henning. Miss Henry? Yes, Dr. Carlton's nurse. Good heavens. How did you know I was at the door? I saw your car drive up. Come in, won't you? But, well, I... Quick, Miss Denning, come in. I've got to talk to oh, you. What's the matter? Shh, I'll tell you in a minute. Just let me close the door. There. That's better. Now I can speak freely. You act as though you were expecting me, Miss Henry. I was. That's strange. Nobody knew I was coming. Oh, but you're wrong. I had a message saying you were. A message? From whom? Well... He wouldn't give me his name over the phone, but I had a feeling it was Mr. McCobbs. Remember? He's the man I told you about at the office, the one the police are looking for. He called you on the phone? About ten minutes ago. What did he say? Well, he didn't want to talk very much, but he said you were coming over to see me about Dr. Tarleton's death. He said you suspected me of committing the murder. What do you mean? Do you, Miss Denning? Why, no. I have no reason to suspect you. What made you think I did? Just the fact that he said so. And the way you're looking at me right now. How did you find out about the letter opener, Miss Denning? What letter opener? The one that's missing from Dr. Tarleton's desk. Who told you about it? I... Nobody. I... I didn't know it was missing until you just mentioned it. Then why did you come here? Because Mr. McCobb... Don't blame it on him. He never saw that letter opener. Well, neither did I. I, I don't, don't even understand what connection it has. Don't with, but... you, Miss Denning? Why would a letter opener be taken from Dr. Tarleton's desk unless it had been used to commit the murder? You mean Dr. Tarleton was stabbed to death? He might have been. The murderer could have stabbed him first and broken the instrument cabinet later to make it look like an accident. Only that isn't the way it happened. How do you know? I know because that letter opener isn't really missing. It's just been mislaid somewhere. And if I had a chance to search the office, I'd probably find it. Why don't you search the office now, Miss Henry? I will, if you'll come with me. All right. I'll come with you. Good. I felt rather peculiar about going down there alone, but if you're with me... Miss Denning, what's the matter? Behind you, look. At the back window. What? 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 I, I, I don't see anything. It was there, I tell you. It was there a moment ago. What? A face peering in through the window. It's macabre. That's funny. There doesn't seem to be anyone out back here. It must have been your imagination. No, I saw it. I tell you, there was something... Wait, what is it? thought I heard something move behind the garage. Quick, let's go in there. We can look through the back window without being seen. Careful now, we must make a sound. Here, hold on to my arm. I, I can't see a thing, Miss Henry. <coughs> Who? Who's there? Don't be afraid, Miss Denning. It's me. Who are, who are you? Mr. Crane, don't you remember? The night watchman from the medical school. What are you doing here? I'm looking for Mr. McCobb. 
He's around here somewhere. I just saw him. Where? Out in the field, behind the garage. I don't see anyone out here. You're not looking in the right place. Come with me. I'll show him to you. No, don't. Don't go with him, Miss Henry. Why not? It may take two of us to bring him back. He might not want to come with me. Please, will you leave us alone, Mr. Crane? Go back to your job and let the police find Mr. McCarb. No, no, wait. He might know where Mr. McCarb really is. Of course I know. I just told you he was down there in the field. Then you go find him, Mr. Crane, and wait for me. I'll be there in a minute. All right, all right. But don't leave me out there alone with him too long. For heaven's sake, Miss Henry, don't you know that man's crazy? Crazy or not, I've got to know what he's up to. Here, take the key to Dr. Tarleton's office and go down there right away. Aren't you coming with me? Not until I find out about Mr. McCobb. Don't worry, Miss Denning, I'll meet you at the doctor's office in a few minutes. Are you sure you'll be all right? Of course, of course. Go ahead. All right. I'll... I'll see you later. Mr. McCobb! Mr. McCobb! Oh, Mr. Crane! Where are you? Why don't you answer me? Here. Who's on that path? Oh. No, don't. Don't. The letter opener. The same letter opener. Father. Aren't you in the car, Father? Where are you? It's all right, Grace. I, I'm here. Oh, where? Right here in the doorway. Why did you... Think I'd left you? I didn't know where you were. Why didn't you wait for me in the car? Oh, I don't know. I just got tired sitting there. Besides, I thought I heard some voices back in the house. Is anything wrong? No. At least I don't think so. I, I'll know better after we get to Dr. Tarleton's office. What are you going down there for? A letter opener, Father. I've got to find out if it's really missing. Oh, Grace, will you stop butting into other people's business? But this is our business. Don't you understand? Are you coming with me? Or shall I go alone? No, no, dear. I'll, I'll go with you. Wait right here, Father. Just outside the door. Let me know if anybody comes down the hall. Even Miss Henry. All right, but hurry. I'll be as quick as I can. Oh, I should have turned on the light before I closed that door. Now, where on earth is that light switch. Oh. Well, what's the matter with this thing? Damn, it doesn't work. No. No, it doesn't, Grace. Who said that? I did. Don't you recognize my voice? No. Where are you? Over here, sitting at my desk. Dr. Tarleton. Yes. You're alive. No, my dear. I'm just living on borrowed time for a while. Just long enough to tell the police who murdered me. It's a trick. You're not really dead. No. You shouldn't have come back here to return that letter opener. That was the trap we set for you. Only we never dreamed you'd kill Miss Henry. A fool! Who are you? Dr. Carlton, dear. The man who was foolish enough to leave you half his estate because of your mother. You're a murderess, Miss Denning. Be quiet. Be quiet or I'll kill you. You can't kill me, Grace. You've done it already. I'll do it again. I'll do it right this time, the way I killed Miss Henry. Here, put that letter opener down. No! 
Grab her, Gus. I've got her hands. Oh, don't touch me. It's all right, Miss Denning. We won't frighten you anymore. We've got all the evidence we need now. You're a detective. You guessed it. The dead man. The one you had propped up in the chair. Who was that? Don't you know? That was Mr. Macabre. That was a corny stunt for Macabre to play. If I were a corpse, I wouldn't go around frightening confessions out of murderous young ladies. I'd rather be seen dead. And speaking of death scenes, have you ever heard the one about the ambitious ghoul who left no stone unturned? Doctors' tests prove that in nine out of ten cases, ends definitely stop or amazingly reduce body and breath odor, whether the unpleasant breath originates in the mouth or not. Yes, listen. We tested executives, office workers, factory workers, even in 110-degree heat. After hundreds of examinations, we found high-potency ends chlorophyll tablets stop triple O, stopped or amazingly reduced odor of breath, odor of body, other personal odors all at the same time for nine out of ten people. Stopped odors inside the body where they begin. There's proof. Just one or two high-potency ENDS tablets keep you fresh as a daisy all over, all day. Oh, oh, oh! ENDS, stop, triple, oh, oh, oh! High-potency ENDS act faster, longer, more completely throughout your system. You see, ENDS are made from a more potent form of chlorophyll, contain fully effective Daritol chlorophyll. That's why they're triple effective, guaranteed to safely stop triple O or money back. No deodorant, no mouthwash, no chlorophyll chewing gum or toothpaste. Nothing that acts only in your mouth or on the surface can possibly stop triple O. You must take chlorophyll internally to get complete protection. Ends make triple O go, go, go. Get high-potency ends chlorophyll tablets available everywhere. Trial size only 49 cents, larger sizes even more economical. Tonight's Inner Sanctum Mystery was written by Robert Sloan and starred Barbara Weeks in the role of Grace. Everett Sloan played Crane. Music was by Lou White. This month's Inner Sanctum Mystery novel is You Could Die Laughing by Alan Green. The entire production of Inner Sanctum is under the direction of Hyman Brown. friends, it's time once again to close that creaking door until next week at the same time. Next week's happy little horror entitled Strange Passenger concerns itself with a bright lad who keeps on killing the same girl over and over again until he realizes that she's taking him for a sleigh ride. You'll be sure to listen, won't you? Until next week, then. Good night. Pleasant dreams. Be sure to join us at the same time next week for another Inner Sanctum Mystery. Brought to you transcribed by High Potency Ends, America's most popular, truly effective chlorophyll tablets. 
This is the CBS Radio Network. I was right. It is a chlorophyll tablet, Lisa. Ends. E-N-N-S. Where do you put that chlorophyll uh, tablet, I sure. wonder? <laughs> is that like uh, you put it on, you, you eat it? I'm guessing you might just eat it. It's a what, chlorophyll. Does that, what does that do for you? It makes your um makes you not have bad breath or something like that. No maybe body odor. Maybe you should try that. Mm. This is a very cl- close. Well, that's what I was going to say. Here. Maybe that's why you know about that's it. You're why, very familiar with I, it. I, this is what I'm going to get you for your birthday. Okay. I got in your car today. Yeah, and you it told wasn't, me it wasn't smelling so great. So smelling so fresh. I'm going to attribute that to you. Well, here's the thing. I ha- I play baseball. I, I have all that. my baseball gear in the back of my oh, truck. Oh, it's the gear. Gotcha. It's sweaty stuff. It's like, you know, it's shoes. It's yeah. it's not it's not it's not good. No, I know that. It's odiferous. Yes, I picked up on that. Maybe So I'm like, hey, maybe I'll just meet you here next week. I'm like, hey Lisa, I'm just going to let you know right now. <laughs> It's probably not the freshest smelling car right now. And you know me, I'm always at the car wash place, right? I have a membership. I'm always getting the car cleaned. But when I play baseball. Which car are you talking about? The truck. When I play baseball, you know, I throw my gear in the back there. And that's what we use now to go to the radio station. So I, uh, if you don't like it, you can drive yourself. I might consider doing that (laughs) in the future. (laughs) All right. It's time for Sarah's Backstage Pass. Hello, Carl, and hi to all our listeners out there. Tonight, I'm going to talk about the science fiction action movie, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. It's rated PG-13. You're probably wondering, what number is this in the series? Don't worry, I've got you covered, as I've seen all of them. Rise of the Beasts is number seven. The plot is a battle for the transwarp key, which can open portals through space and time. Stand down! I'm not the one to fear, Prime. There is a darkness coming. Michael Bay, who directed the first five films, serves as producer, with Stephen Kapoor Jr. as director. Of all the threats from both your past and future. never faced anything like this. Oh, I'm way in on this one. Three and a half stars out of four. The addition of Anthony Ramos as Noah, a former military electronics expert, he ends up driving Mirage, the Porsche, and oh, those scenes are fantastic. He lives in Brooklyn, New York with his family. And speaking of family, that's why I really like the film. It, the ties between he and his little brother are so heartwarming, and they're the center of the film. I'd say the series is back on track, as the family-centered theme is perfect. I'd also like the addition of the animal transformers, especially the cheetah named Cheetor. Thanks for listening in tonight. I'm Sarah Knight-Adamson, your national film and TV critic for Sarah's Backstage Pass. Check out my reviews and interviews, and I'll see you next week. And be sure to check out Transformers Rise of the Beasts, playing now in theaters. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, it's Have Gun, Will Travel from 1959. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for 
Learning the lyrics. That's right. We're on the letter Y. What do you got, Carl? Why? Why? You only love the one you love. Love the one you're with. How about that? Does that work? All right. Yeah, I think that's it. Coming your way. Stick around. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.